Raf here. Just quickly, this is the second half of the AI episode, obviously for subscribers only. So listen to the first half free one before you listen to this. Okay, onward and upwards. A human has the ability, obviously, to shut it down midway and someone's going to go over and shut down the computer because whatever, it's just running a zillion just tests of an AI versus you know, another AI or a human in, in chess and it's just going to turn the model off. It would be towards the AI's goal of winning the game of chess to stop that human from turning off the computer because yep. its goal is to win the game of chess. And if the human turns off the computer, well, that's going to stop it in its goal. So therefore, it would make sense in its model to stop that human no matter what. And I feel like that kind of encapsulates the grand thesis of how there are these emergent behaviors, I guess, that exist that programmers haven't accounted for, that an AI will take those paths in order to achieve its goal. And it's obviously not thinking about, like, it has no morals, like it doesn't care. Moving a pawn one piece forward or doing some castling or something is the same as, I don't know, sending a text message to the human who's going to turn off the computer or whatever it is to stop it from turning off the computer halfway through the game. Yeah. If you give it free reign. Yeah, and it's very smart and generally intelligent. It will do whatever it can to achieve that goal without like a, a thought to like what the externalities of its behavior are achieving. The classic sort of like thought experiment that you see pop up among like the AI doom prophets is like this, um, the idea of like the paperclip machine, which is that you tell an AI in a very general sense, produce as many paperclips as you can, and you have access to like a foundry and you have access to the supply chain to make that happen. And then the AI decides, okay, well, you know, I'm currently producing... 500,000 paperclips per week. If I had some more resources, I could bump that up to a million. Mm. Ooh, what are the limitations on me getting that, those extra resources? Oh, it's unfortunately, it's a, a sovereign nation that, yeah. that is controlling the supply of aluminium. Oh, shit, okay. I have to eradicate those people, mm. get them out of the way. The idea being that it will strip the Earth's resources and eliminate every single person on Earth to achieve its goal of producing as many paperclips as possible. Obviously, a human goes like, well, obviously, like eradicating a country of people in order to take over their resources. Well, some humans will say that. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Not us. We're, you know, we've got a real moral center here at Downround. Exactly. Uh, but most humans would obviously be repulsed by that. But the example that's given is one interesting study that was from uh, many years ago is they had artificial intelligence try and complete the game of Qubit, which is like a at- basic Atari game. And they were basically just like optimized to finish Qubit in the best way possible. They left it running for an hour. After an hour, they were like, huh, that's weird. It's only on level one. But it had like a million points, you know, insane number of points because it had immediately found this glitch. Like the AI doesn't know it's exploiting a glitch. It's just optimizing for like making number go up. If it was playing Pokemon, you know, you could go up and down the coast and like there's that glitch where you get like the Pokemon that are like 170 way above the maximum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the nature, like, it doesn't know that exploiting a glitch is actually, like, not on. (laughs) It's wrong. It's actually morally wrong to exploit a glitch in Qubit. They say in the paper, I I read the the study, that they were like, for reasons unknown to us. They actually don't know exactly how the mechanic worked, that it amassed a million points. They were just like, somehow on level one, by doing some kind of jumping, it amassed a million points. We're not sure how, but... It did. like So it, it optimized itself in a way that humans didn't fully understand exactly what it had done because like humans yeah. hadn't come across it to like break the game, basically. Yeah, yeah, totally. And another example of this, which is more recent, which is related to like the image transformers and large language models, like, you know, the world that we're currently exploring right now 
is that they managed to figure out that a AI trained on a lot of photos of people's eyes, just like the the whites, the eyes, and the irises, so literally just like a real small image sample, was able to distinguish between male and female eyes, which was like a really surprising thing for the researchers doing it because as far as people are aware, there are no actual differences between male and female eyes that mm. anyone is aware of to this point. But the AI was able to identify some sort of commonality and pattern which distinguished you know biologically male and female eyes which is just a great example of like oh there are like weird little paths that an ai can figure stuff out which are kind of alien to the way that people think about things yeah but are just ways of like identifying efficiencies that we're not aware of and it's kind of eludes our ability to understand it so when you unleash these kind of like new products or new machines and new like algorithms we can never really know what it's going to be able to figure out to make its job easier or more efficient or whatever. Yeah, and then we don't know what the, the results of that are going to be. Another interesting one I thought was they um, created these AI organisms, like these kind of mini organisms, and they basically said, your goal is to jump. Uh, and they gave it feet, and the goal was like, move your feet as high as possible off the ground. And like the AI had to like develop feet and blah, 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 feet being like the bottom of your organism. And instead of doing what you would expect them to do, which is kind of evolve to have feet with like knees and jump in the air. They just made themselves into these really tall kind of bean poles and then flipped, which is obviously not what anyone kind of predicted. So the doom scenario is we develop some kind of sophisticated AI and ask it like a simple thing, like predict with certainty or with as much certainty as you can, the percentage chance that whatever, a hurricane is going to hit the West coast of America something like that. And an AI starts trying to determine that and realizes, hmm, I could actually be far more certain if I had more compute. What's taking up all of the compute in the world? I.e., like what's using all the computational power in the world? What's using all the graphics cards? What's using all the processors? Blah, blah, blah. Humans. So in my quest to find this accurate number, well, I got to stop humans from using computers and also like have the compute for myself and therefore- Got to kill them. Wipe them out, get rid of the humans, and then I can accurately determine this number. And again, we say like, but surely they won't do that. Surely we just program them to like, do not kill or whatever. But as we said, these emergent behaviors are things that humans can't predict usually. When you have a bug in software, it's something you obviously haven't predicted. You like code up a bunch of software and something weird happens and you go like, oh, shoot, that customer order didn't get through or, oh, we've all seen errors. You get errors. The freaking, the app freezes. You have to like... Force quit yep. an app. Like a bug. A bug yep. has happened. Bug. Yeah, yeah. They're released all the time. But usually the outcome of a bug is like a very annoying experience for one cust- for a customer or a bunch of customers or like Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever. A bunch of bad reviews and memes <laughs> on the internet with uh-huh. like people in T-pose with no pants on yeah. that you can't make the dong big enough. Yeah. In the case of... <laughs> In the case That's of, a pretty bad case scenario, yeah. <laughs> but in the case of AI Doom, the argument is like, okay, but one of those bugs where you don't account for the emergent behavior means we all die. We don't get a second shot. We don't get to patch it. Yeah, no, because we're dead, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one thing that's worth mentioning here is because people, and this is what a lot of the real doomsday guys in the AI community will say, is, is like a lot of people are really caught up on like what is a what does it mean for a machine to be intelligent yeah like what is what is consciousness does does chat gpt have feelings or that the google guy who sent himself insane thinking about whether uh, whether shutting down a computer is akin to killing it yeah you know whatever 
But I think one thing that is worth thinking about in this context is that something doesn't actually have to be smart, quote unquote, to potentially have adverse outcomes. Yeah. ChatGPT is clearly right now not smart, quote unquote. It's a pattern recognition machine, which yeah. happens to put out some like pretty gnarly and weird and emergent outputs that people weren't expecting. But yeah. We get how it works. Yeah. Um, but something doesn't have to be some... Well, we do and we don't. We like we, we get the principle of how it works. It yeah. does unexpected things. It does unexpected things. That are, yeah, exactly. That are worrisome. And I think this is just evidence that they may be onto something that even a system that we think we understand or comprehend and doesn't seem very like threatening or dangerous or whatever in the way it's conceptualized can still pit out, spit out stuff which is unexpected, A, or B alarms the average person, I think, yeah. is the one of the big takeaways. Yeah. yeah. Being Sydney, like being AI, like reprimanding the user for being like a bad user or a bad researcher is obviously not something they intended it for it to do. No. It's highly interesting. No, totally. And I think this is the the Bing example was really good because yes, they rushed it because it's very clear they just wanted their main goal was to sort of kick Google in the shins. Mm. Which to the point of the the AI crazies it kind of does play into their black-pilled view that this stuff is just going to escalate because it's just going to be companies trying to one-up each yeah, other yeah. and not really giving a fuck about whether it's actually fit for purpose. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the last three months has been very much confirmation of that. It's like new technology exists, immediately connected to search, immediately get it out, get it in as many products as possible. Yeah. Who cares if it's going to get things wrong all the time? Just rush it out there. Rush it out there because we, we need to be first foot in the door of this this brave new world. And OpenAI, who is the the NFP that was established in order to make sure that AI was in safe hands, are immediately like, guess what? 10% the price, 90% cheaper, lighter, easier to implement. Just like, get it out go, there. Go, yeah, exactly. Run wild. And, you, you know, you would expect that both Microsoft and OpenAI did a whole bunch of testing with Bing before they put it out to beta to make sure that it was doing what it was supposed to do mm. and be impressive while not being worrying or scary. And literally immediately, within five seconds of people getting access, they made it do stuff that made Microsoft be like, oh, shit, this is kind of a PR problem. We need to rein this in. Yeah, It's sort of evident, yeah, that they can't plan for, the, for anything really here. Even ChatGPT has all the quote-unquote, woke guardrails. Yeah. But anyone who sort of sits with it a little while can figure out ways to get around it mm. shows that even like the really basic AI safety, AI alignment stuff they're doing now is not really standing up to any like sustained effort from yeah. people online, essentially. Which is, again, one of the other big arguments of the Duma. Yeah, we can try and align, but it will make mistakes. The yeah. guardrails are just not going to be strong enough. There will be bugs in our code. There'll be errors, there'll be edge cases that we hadn't thought of, and the AI will kill yep. us all as part of those edge yep. cases. This is one of also the key kind of weaknesses to the argument because there's kind of this space where, okay, we have chat GPT now, which no one, I think, think as you say, like no one thinks chat GPT is going to kill us all. No, unless, unless like a whole lot more meaningless internet spam will kill you, which it might. It certainly upsets me. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think it's going to cause nuclear annihilation or anything like that. No, like more annoying, irrelevant blog posts. Yeah, and annoying LinkedIn cold, cold messages. It'll just it'll push my blood pressure up so much that I have a heart attack. Possible. Yeah. There was a, I just want to put an aside for this right now. There was, I saw a TikTok where this girl, like this hustle grind set type girl, she was like, because there's a plug-in where you can connect ChatGPT to Excel, mm -hmm. which, you know, to me that is 
scarier than any apocalypse. But she was like, give me a list of like the top 20 startups in this particular sector. Mm-hmm. She was like, now give me the, the names of the CEOs who of those companies. And it fills in the cells. And it was like, give me a cold open I can send to that person on LinkedIn and then give me a question I can ask them over coffee. And she was talking about how, you know, I'm making networking more efficient. And while I was watching that, I was like, Oh my god! Like <laughs> I was like, the next ten years of life on Earth is going to be so shit oh because god. of this fucking stuff. Yeah, more so than anything. Else. Anyway, let's get back to the scary. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Like I, I'll be praying for AI doom. Exactly. Exactly. Kill me, please. <laughs> but yeah, one of the whole things is right now we have ChatGPT. Can't do that much. I mean, it can do a lot. Don't get me wrong, it can do yep. a lot. And I mentioned this on the other episode. My predictions of AI Doom was like, God, if we plug this thing into the internet, like if we give it full access to APIs and like it can send web hooks around and this, that, and the other posts and whatnot, then could it, you know, open up domain names in, in its own name? And could you ask it things like, here are 10 bank accounts, make sure they've all got a million dollars in each one of them or whatever. And it just finds the most optimum way in order to put a million dollars in each one, like regardless of what the outcome is. But what that does rely on is A, full access to the internet as well as ways to do it. Because like as impressive as ChatGPT is, it's trying to predict the next word. At the end of the day, it's kind of simple. It's a shitload of data solving a kind of simple problem, yeah. but that is very impressive nonetheless. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, yeah. it's now talking. Like talking is hard. It separates yeah. us from every other animal. It's like, got emergent properties that we didn't expect, which is what's spooking people. But, and, you know, you know. Certainly. And in order to become good at a narrow task, it develops abilities outside of that narrow task. Yeah. In that by telling it to like come up with the next word, we didn't think it would start reprimanding us. Yeah. There are these kind of emergent behaviors outside of just simply like predicting the next word yep. and being mad at people on Twitter who've posted screenshots of it. Yep. Once you like feed in that information, but point being, it's it's still quite a narrow task. Yep. It's predicting the next word. That idea of like, then we plug it into the internet, then computational power continues to increase. It can do basically whatever it wants. Like AI can do whatever it wants. It will become general. That's a kind of hand wavy thing. And don't be wrong. Like maybe that is the case. But within ten years, not only will it be able to predict the next word it'll predict the domain like the best domain name it'll be able to access the domain name and create the domain name then create the smpt server and then send out the emails to all the people and the manipulative language that then take blah blah blah, blah. you know what i mean like this is yeah, yeah there's a lot yeah there's a complex set of interactions all of a sudden that it's just assumed we'll be able to jump to and my key bearish claim is that in general when we postulate that technology is going to get to a place usually it doesn't happen yeah. Like usually something else happens or we go in a different way, but I feel like we're really bad at predicting technology. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. The uh, like undergirding sort of way that these guys talk about it, as I said, is this intelligence explosion. They're like, we're talking about this. Yes, it's kind of fuzzy how we get from ChatGPT where you can ask it, tell me the, the history of the Enlightenment, mm-hmm. and it'll give you like a, a fairly like, you know, decent answer to that. Then it's like waves hands, Wait, like oh, it, wave hands. Yeah. It can then do, build a better AI. Like yeah, ten years later, and then it's like the world is over. Yeah, but you know their counter argument is because of this concept of like an intelligence explosion. We need to talk about this now because the advancements are going to be so rapid and so like earth shattering and dislocating and whatever that by the time we get our head around how quickly it's happened, we've got an AI that's like generating. Its own AIs. Yeah, recursion is this other big theme that's like 
an AI that can build a better AI, that can build a better AI, that can build a better AI. And when that happens, it's too late. And then we, yeah, so, so that's their idea. So, uh, you know, I have some vague sympathy to what they're getting at there. But I also agree with you in that, especially now, people, it's very understandable that people are freaking out about this again because we have suddenly seen, as we talk about, ChatGPT is probably one of the most impressive bits of technology, at least in kind of like a whiz-bang, P.T. Barnum circus kind of way yeah. that we've seen in a super long time. And people are, you know, it is blowing normies' minds. Yeah. So I get why people are freaking out no, about it. No, it's cool. It's, it's, it's super cool. cool. It's super cool. I we do- can do things now that we couldn't do six months ago. Totally. As a user, to log on to a website and ask a thing to make us a thing. Yeah, and then say, generate a table of that, and it does it. It's like, wow, that's incredible. But I do actually think that my personal prediction, other people have said this as well, is that we are probably going to like hit a snag and run into another AI winter for how long that goes. Mm. Because, you know, all these advancements right now, apart from the uh, image generation stuff, which is pretty impressive, and they're doing video generation stuff, also pretty impressive. But a lot of it is kind of like chatbots. And we've had a chatbot phase a few years ago. You remember when like every brand needed to have like an automated Facebook Messenger bot on their brand page that would be like, tell me the latest deals and then it'd be like it would give you an answer yeah or just link you to a help desk article because that's also the thing as you said like a brand if you go to the nike website you don't want it to start like nike are not going to let its ai chatbot start berating the user for like asking for a rare jordan that doesn't sell anymore so it's going to have to restrict it so much that basically all it's doing is keyword searching and then linking you to like pre-written answers no yeah we've seen all these different companies say we're integrating ai and if you look at what they're actually announced like for example snapchat snapchat now has like a native chat gpt that runs within snapchat Mm. that's their ai implementations you can press a button and basically talk to rather than sending like an avatar face exactly when it comes down to it they're all like that they're basically how do we get this kind of like back and forth chatty chatbot into our application and make it seem like we're doing something with AI. I think that we're going to run into like a serious wall with this. As I was saying to, I was saying to you before, like people are talking about like, oh, you know, the fucking, the Woolies app will have like a little smart assistant and you'll be able to ask it like, what recipes can I make with all these ingredients I've just ordered? Mm. And it's like, that's all well and good. But unless you can guarantee that someone won't be able to like ask the Woolies chatbot, what were the proximate causes of World War II? No, exactly. And have it say anything in response to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if you're like, I'd like to make empanadas, like where are they from and what's the history of empanadas? And it starts talking about like the Spanish Inquisition and Spanish colonialism. And colonialism. Starts expressing a view on whether colonialism was good or not. Like all of a sudden you're, you're at a serious problem. I, I think that will be the restriction when people realize that the, these chatbots are very flashy, very cool, very powerful but also are not that applicable to most of what people do. No. This and is- as we said, like, even though it is super interesting and whiz-bang, but it is also just predicting the next word based on a bunch of input data. Yeah. Like, we need to not get too crazy too about, cr- like, cr- then it, like, resequences yeah. our DNA and, 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 and kills exactly. us all. Starts, starts, starts a nuclear apocalypse or something. Although, like, the other side of it, giving credit to the, the crybabies... <laughs> I'm, like I, I give them, I, I gave them. Tw- well, actually, I said twenty percent in the end, but um, no, I, I do give some credit to it. Well, what I was going to say is like you know they're applying these sort of like transform models and like machine learning to all different kinds of things. I think I mentioned in the other episode like they've trained it to play Minecraft 
just by watching a bunch of videos of Minecraft. Yeah. The same sort of thesis so, as like a language model where it's like what comes next, what's most likely to come next. Yeah. All of a sudden it can kind of play Minecraft, which is like a fairly simple game as far as things go, but also includes a lot of sophisticated behaviors. Oh, I mean, I watched one learn how to play. I watched, sat through an entire video of watching one learn to play Super Mario. Yeah. And like it's, it's very funny because it just starts with like it just stands there for ages and then it like turns around <laughs> it's like oh wait this is not optimal i'm gonna be doing like, something crouches <laughs> and then finally it just like sprints in one direction and it's like oh and like it shows the neural network developing blah blah, blah. it's pretty cool but yeah as you say they're just kind of throwing this these things at everything yeah. so yeah don't like the same like transformer model thesis but you can watch it like learning to do things and then in conjunction with the fact that it can generate Pretty credible human-like text, yeah. which is only going to get better. All this stuff is only going to get better because yeah. there's so much money being pumped into it. You can look at all these disparate things happening and be like, you know, if all these kind of innovations were brought together into something, which has the you know the gift of the gab but can also like perform tasks and learn how tasks are performed and repeat it, you can see like something coming together where you're like, all right, well, maybe maybe this does hit a point where it then, like, its learning starts to, like, dramatically escalate. Yeah. And we sort of, like, lose control of it. Well, yeah, it does sound plugging it into the internet proper because yeah, Bing search isn't plugged into the internet. It's plugged into the search API. So it basically is pinging Bing and saying, like, return your top 10 results for, like, this key phrase. I pass them and then I work out an answer based on that. So it's not actually connected to the internet. But it being able to, like, open email accounts and Twitter accounts and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It'll make the internet very unusable. That does start happening and it probably will at a certain point. Someone will connect these fucking things to the internet because, as you've said, like Facebook just leaked the friggin'. Yeah. Is it worth talking about that? Llama got leaked. Yeah, yeah. This the is Llama the, leak. This is the, so Llama, L-L-A-L-M-A, or what, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to try. And this, is, this is Facebook or Meta's. Uh, large language models, so just like GPT, just like uh, Google's Bard. It's, it's Facebook's effort to do this sort of thing. It's got 260 billion parameters, so it's one of the large, largest sort of um, large language models. They sort of announced it, started seeding it out to their partners and their subcontractors and what have you, and immediately the whole model and all its weights and weightings and all that sort of thing was leaked on a torrent. So. Yeah. It hasn't been reported extensively in the tech press, which I thought was interesting. But if you go on Twitter and look up Llama, which is spelt like Llama the creature, you know, you can see all these basically like psychotic fawn chair guys using it to like build stuff. Yeah. So obviously, like, whilst ChatGPT might not be like, oh, open slather, we're connected to the internet sooner or later. An yeah. open source or like a version will be able to be connected yeah, totally. to the internet. And all it takes, you know, exactly this leaked immediately from one of the biggest tech companies in the world yeah. uh, because of some like subcon- subcontractor behavior, like some human failure. And all of a sudden, you know, all these guys have access to, you know, a based AI <laughs> that doesn't censor itself. And, uh, you know, you see, you're like, oh, well, I can imagine this happening again and again and again. Yeah. Just like people getting access to ever more powerful AIs to, to do whatever. So, I, you know, I get it on that level. The other sort of like counterpoint is... I do think that the moment an AI does something fucked up, which I think will happen prior to the emergence of like a super intelligence, like I mean one that does something that's genuinely upsetting to people, mm. it's going to cause like 
an insane response. Yeah. Like I think I think there is a point where, you know, someone sets up maybe it interfaces with what we're talking about before, some sort of like banking API or even something smaller like a large language model makes a makes a concrete decision on like a customer account. Yeah, or it does something like, you know, there was that Medibank leak or whatever yeah, yeah, and yeah. it just like trawls through all the data and blackmails every single person <laughs> like with their releasing their information or some shit like that. Yeah, or even something like I think even something simpler like Telstra suddenly goes we're going to fire everyone that is on our like phone support and we're going to like no longer employ subcontractors in the Philippines to run our phone support. We're going to have them totally run by LLMs with like one of those, the same technology they use to do those like Joe Biden gamer memes on TikTok. And it's going to run all that and someone will ask it to do some account action and it'll delete their account instead. Something like really simple like that. And then the equivalent of today, tonight, just gets on it and the telegraph and blah, blah, blah. And suddenly people are confronted with the idea of like a completely artificial customer service pipeline creating like incredibly inconvenient or devastating action for like a cluster of customers. Yeah, but that kind of happened. I think we discussed it with Google deleting that guy's account and including like ruining his mortgage application and blah, 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 because he took a photo of his son in the bath and it like flagged that it's child porn or whatever. Yeah, potentially. Although people are particularly weird about like (laughs) child porn stuff. So I think, well, I don't mean weird, but like (laughs) I think it's normal to be against that. But, you know, I think people, I think, People will accept a few like false positives to clamp down on that. Yeah, problem. yeah, that's true. I think that was actually my position. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I maybe something on a bigger scale than that. But I think there might be a point where some sort of large language model, in conjunction with giving it a little bit of actual power, empowered to make decisions, yeah. will happen with a bad outcome. If that happens on like a large enough scale, there'll be like a huge revanchist effort to like lock down and clamp down this stuff. Yeah, I, it was a long meandering way of thinking, but like, there, I think there are a few more steps there before we get yeah. a runaway super intelligence. I was kind of going to get to that as well. In that, from here to super intelligence recursion, blah 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 blah, all of the things that makes general AGI really powerful relies on the safeguards kind of not being there. And I feel like on our journey towards that, so yeah, you know, accessing bank accounts or yeah, using APIs in order to spin up domain names and SMPT, blah, 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 blah. As soon as that happens the first time before AGI, the domain name providers kind of will put up the barricades to stop that happening. We'll start kind of plugging those holes. Now, I guess the Duma would say like, yeah, we'll plug most of the holes we'll plug 95% of the holes, but 5% of the holes will still be open or slash there'll still be some business that is in their interest, the business that allows AI to access its API and pay the money as long as they're making money, blah, 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 blah. The human incentives are always going to be to like make money, the tragedy of the commons. My genuine view on all of this, I think, is that I'm not. I'm definitely not convinced by total human annihilation. Mm. I don't think that's assured or going to happen in the short term or... You know, maybe it'll happen in a long time. I don't know. That's beyond my predictive capacity. But I don't think this stuff is going to slow down dramatically. There may be like regulation imposed on it and governments get really serious about, you know, what data is accessible by by what. Yeah. What, but, what is deemed an appropriate slur that the AI can say? Exactly. The Australian government's going to say, here's a list of 20 slurs that it can use at all times. <laughs> here's a list of 20 slurs which are marginal, yeah. only in extreme circumstances. And then there's the red list. Never use these slurs. Yeah, is that like sick? I don't want to get banned from Apple or whatever, like the C word. 
sick C word, like yep. mad C word. Okay, within Australia. Yeah, yeah. Dog <laughs> C word. You're out. You can never use an AI can never say that. A certain color and then the C word. Nope. Like any color and then the C word. No, that's out. That's out. So maybe maybe the government will impose those laws and nothing else, just that. <laughs> but and I think a lot of people have sort of come to comprehend this, and we've talked about it a lot. But my personal view, we're standing on the precipice of the world getting really, really fucking weird. Weird, yeah. I like I don't I don't think that I think that's completely unavoidable. Yes, there's like that weird LinkedIn thing. I've heard all these kind of like uh, anecdotal experience. We had someone say this in, to us in the pub the other week. Just the idea that, like, oh yeah, I'm just using ChatGPT to write all my emails. Yeah, you know, I put in like a really basic. I'm not great at writing emails, so I just put in a really basic thing and it writes them all for mm. me. You know, getting to the point where like the vast majority of what we read every day is going to be yeah. And this wasn't generator. a techie guy, by the way. This no, was, this, this is the, the opposite. It was like I'm bad at English. Yeah, I don't. I don't speak English well. I don't really know computers, but I use ChatGPT to write all my emails now. Mm. That's like absolutely happening at every level right now. In a world where like all corporate communications are going to be generated to some degree or assisted with generation, we'll never know whether we're talking to a real person when we're communicating with a company. Mm. All this stuff is absolutely going to accelerate to a huge degree. And I'm going to put it out there: make life shitter on yes. a lot of axes. Probably more efficient and helpful in a lot of ways, but make life shitter. Oh, it's going to make life shit. It's it's already annoying. It's already annoying. On the one hand, I think AI stuff is going to really help people who don't have a huge amount of like linguistic or artistic talent to create mm. artistic stuff. Mm. That's definitely happening right now. Well, did you see on Twitter someone was asked Sydney, Bing Sydney, like the, the Bing chatbot, uh, to come up with prompts for Dali for what Sydney looks like? And it's like this oh, kind like, of like it was like an anime, yeah, joke. anime. Like could have been fourteen years old, but like yeah. with goggles and like a helmet, kind yeah, of like cyberpunky anime this, girl, this steampunk. Yeah, totally. You know, and the music stuff is coming along as well. Mm. So there's going to be like real improvements on the music generation stuff. Oh, and like, look, replies to our emails are going to be AI generated, and that's like, can you imagine that future where you send an email and then you like you get a reply like a few minutes later, and you're like, hold on, like what is this the person? Like what is yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this stuff is like shit enough without having to think about the, the world down there. Like, you know, we're going to be swamped with some of like the most artificial and shitty art. Like, it's not going to, it's all going to be derivative and annoying stuff. You know, the internet of shit. There's that like, there's that like grand theory already that came up that was like most of the internet is already AI generated. Yeah. A lot of what we experience is basically spat out by a computer. Mm. If that wasn't true already, it's absolutely going to become true. To me, that's a hundred percent likelihood. That all that stuff is going to happen. Yeah. So, as we said before, if if that happens, you know, kill me, kill me, kill me, well, Hal Nine Thousand. Obviously, it feels like AI has come along in leaps and bounds because of LLMs, and I know that we have more compute through graphics cards, basically being more powerful, more prevalent, and people have stopped using Ethereum to mine on them. But basically, computers gotten to the point that. Um, all the quotes I've heard is like, you can use the same algorithms that they were using five, 10 years ago, but it turns out they weren't shit. They just needed more compute. And we have that compute now. And so all of a sudden they're like really effective. But still, I am perennially disappointed in all of the claims of the future. And that's not a particularly, if like it's either AI doom or Raf's prediction that humans are worse at technology than we claim. Yeah. If AI is going on the same timeline as like wide adoption of VR helmets. We're safe. We're safe for a while. Yeah. The argument obviously is is like, yeah, but if I give it a 20% chance that we're all going to die, 
then shouldn't we be taking like massive steps right now in order to counteract that? Yeah, to, and and no one is, you know, no one's gone Unabomber yet. And if you're, if well, which you- is a good as yeah, you said in the pub, like is like what people ask Deli Iza, why hasn't he strapped some C four to his <laughs> chest and gone into open AI and just gone boom? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a particularly rigorous argument, but. <laughs> It, it, it also resonates a bit where it's the kind of like the most that the bit these people can wrangle is like posting on their little forums and doing tweets and going on podcast yeah. appearances to say the world's about, the, about to end. I'm not saying you should bomb people. I would never endorse that kind of behavior, but you'd think that people would be getting into it, doing something a little bit with a little bit more oomph and mm. just whinging if we're actually about to be annihilated within 15 years. Yeah, so... If you, listener, have come down, you've heard this and you've come down on the side of we're all going to die, well, you know what to do. You have permission. (laughs) 